Welcome, Welcome to, to Minority, Minority Corner. Corner. With an Eke. And James. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more black, gay. And ladylike, 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 ladylike. It's me, Patty LaBelle. I can't read the card. Where's my background <laughs> singers? <laughs> This week on Minority Corner. Oh my God, what are you talking about this week, James? I'm okay. Do I sound gay? Um. Do I sound gay? Um, Do I sound gay? Well, we're gonna find out. <laughs> we're gonna spend an entire episode just figuring out whether or not I sound gay. And not just that, but my segment was inspired by this documentary called Do I Sound Gay? Oh, I think I saw that one too. It's on Netflix, right? It is on Netflix, so I watched this documentary, and once again, we're going to talk about the plight of the straight-acting gay man, how horrible life is for him, or challenge that shit. Interesting. You know me. I just like to, you know, just uh, Olivia Pope or um, yeah. Wait, I like to murder. She wrote it. Wait, no, not murder. She wrote. You're just What's solving crimes, taking names, figuring well, out voice types. Yeah, but <laughs> for the Viola Davis one, what's that one? How to get away with murder. Oh right, yeah, which is pretty much just you know the updated version of Murder She Wrote, which is more sex. <laughs> no, it is not. It is, it is like, exactly the same thing. It is like the opposite of it's Murder She Wrote. It's just retelling of Angela. Lansbury, it which is, is more sex. the, like, total opposite. Well, <laughs> maybe. What I'm talking about this week... Murder, she wrote? I'm gonna be giving some people, some other podcasts, some, um, some plugs. Why not, you know? There's so many, so many podcasts out there that are just, like, a bunch of white guys talking. Let's, let's talk about some podcasts that, that are black people talking oh. on the radio. You mean that there's other ones aside from us that are not just, you know, white guys talking about Dungeons and Dragons? Imagine that, you know? (laughs) Well, I can't (laughs) wait to hear what these magical (laughs) podcasts are. I'm excited about this. Hold on to your butts, everybody. All the butts. All the butts. Hold on to all the butts. Hold on to your moms. Hold on to your neighbors. Hold on to your girlfriends. All the butts. All the butts come sure. over to the corner. All the butts. Yeah. All the butts come over to the corner. All, all the butts. All, all the butts, butts come, come over to the corner. corner. All, all the butts. All the butts. That's our new hit single dropping in 2018 in the spring. Why so well, long? Why do well, we? <laughs> we gotta perfect it. You know, we gotta. It's our next hit single, 2018 in the summer. Uh, just all I the butts. Just looking spring. out for it. Now all it's summer. Butts. All the butts. Well, we still need to work on it a bit more. So, 2019 in the winter. Winter is this coming. This is gonna be a masterpiece. <laughs> we just need time to develop it. I ain't released a no half-ass single. All the butts. All the butts. Oh, all the butts come over to the corner in 2020. It is Halloween. Well, not anymore. When you guys are listening to it, it's going to be like a week past Halloween. <laughs> but they, you know what? People love themselves some Halloween. So by the time they listen to it, they're going to be like, damn, I wish I had something to remind me of this Halloween. It's it true. was so long ago. What did I do? So you're welcome. Happy Halloween, y'all. Happy Halloween. You guys are over your Halloween hangovers. You're just getting a nice little revisit of Halloween. It's like of Halloween's Friday. past. And I get, what are you dressed up as? A sick woman. I was going to say Michelle Williams. <laughs> Why Michelle Williams? No, I- you know that if I'm going to be any Destiny child, I am going to be Kelly. That's cute. That is cute. You 
do have a very cute resemblance of Kelly Rowland. And Kelly Rowland, she's super cute. Super adorable. I think she is too. Michelle Williams was on Patti LaBelle's cooking show. Not recently, because that show, that's been off the air for a while. Ooh. So, speaking of Patti LaBelle, we're just going to jump right into it. Because if you guys don't know... If you're ever bored, <laughs> or you need your life to be cheered was... up, or you wish that things were better in yes. your life or world, or whatever the case for the season, Google yourself some Patty LaBelle, and you've got yes. a plethora of videos to treat yourself with. Anything, Patty LaBelle, do yourself a favor, but especially look up this one thing that James had me look up. <laughs> I'm sick. I was sick. We were supposed to record yesterday, but I was like, I'm too sick. I had my head wrap on. I had my robe on. I wasn't even smiling when we turned on the Skype. I was just like hey i i knew immediately i was like this is not happening she was was she was like what james was like you need to first of all we're not recording he even said a joke and i was like i don't get it so it would have been terrible i was like okay well that's how i knew we were not doing this and then he sent me patty labelle singing Christmas songs for the tree lighting in 1996. So, let's set this up for our listeners. Let's do a reenactment. So, first of all... Oh, my God. I just saw, like, the full version today. Because before this, I had seen, like, a snippet of it. Because, like, Logo had, like, a flashback Friday. They just did, like, a snippet. Yeah. What happened was... Patti LaBelle was invited to sing at the National Tree Lighting Ceremony back in 1996. Bill Clinton was president. Hillary Clinton was right there with him, plotting her future. Yep. And first of all, this guy's, like, announcing, like, Patti LaBelle. He's like, and here to sing, it's Patti LaBelle. And she's a great singer. But before he could get out to her accolades, she walks out to the stage, like, right behind him, arms outstretched, and she's like, woo! And then she, like, makes that, like, embarrassed schoolgirl face. Like, oopsie, I'm out here too early. And then she, like, literally, like, turns profile. Yes. And then runs off like a cartoon character. It's already it, a hot already mess from the very beginning. <laughs> Ten seconds in, and Patty LaBelle's already fucking shit up. But it's Patty LaBelle, she can do the fuck she wants. She looked great. She, she looks good. Fabulous. She had a, she had a she bat, like... A big comforter ass jacket on. It was a choir robe. It was a choir robe. It was not. It was not a comforter jacket. It looked like how I look when I come home after work and I wrap myself in my comforter. She was, she was wearing like a choir robe. Okay. So he brings her up back out again, and she's like, "Ooh, let's do this." She goes straight to the mic, okay. and there's a slight look of fear on her face, and you're not too sure why, but she's singing like a very merry Christmas, and she starts singing it, and like early on, she starts flubbing some words. She's like, "We're gonna." Have have uh, some presents yeah. and you're gonna be here this Christmas. <laughs> and then I'll, and then she goes into this Christmas. Where my singers? Where my background singers, y'all? This Christmas. Because it pans to her behind her <laughs> and it is empty. It is just the choir pews and some mic stands and nobody's up there singing. And the stage <laughs> is empty and her eyes look like deer in headlights like bink. And she's like, she's about to get hit by a truck. So, and then there's like this cue card boy in front because she doesn't know all the words, right? And she's like, we're going to have a Christmas. And she's like, honey, play, play, play that card again. I, you're going too fast. I don't know the words. Like, and I don't know my background singers. singers. I don't know the words. I don't know the words. Where are my singers? This <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. And literally, just how we're doing it, she goes back into song. Woo! And then when she doesn't know what to say, she just goes right into woo! 
Yeah, we're my background singers. A very merry Christmas. And they finally come out, and she Three. is pissed. She's still singing along. A very merry Christmas. And she's giving them like death eyes, rolling her eyes, and she's like, oh, Lord. And they look like my aunties and uncles with their like boring ass jackets they coming ready. out from like they were not ready. to shovel their yards. And the guy keeps going with the cue cards, and she says another word. She's like, she's like, wait, ca- baby, get that card bag. Baby, and the music is still going. Nothing stops. It's She's so like, good. I need to announce this man. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. God. This Christmas. A very Merry Christmas. <laughs> and when it Where ends, singers? there's like seriously so three claps. Bad. It's just like. And then there's like kids who are watching. They're looking back at their mom and dad, and they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Even the kids, eight years old, know something is amiss. It was a mess. And like Patty LaBelle. And like Bill Clinton and like Hillary Clinton come out. And they just kind of walk by her and they kind of pretend like it didn't happen. And then she's up, at the po- she's up at the podium and she's supposed to read out this giant book and she just makes more of a mess. She's like, I got to bring this book up to my face. I don't have my glasses. I'm going to put it back up to my face. I-, I don't know what I'm saying. Woo! I don't have my glasses. Woo! Don't worry, I'm not going to sing anymore. I know that was a hot mess. So good. I, lo- I want Patti LaBelle to be my, like, surrogate fairy godmother forever and ever. Oh. Patty. Oh. I know you're listening. We would love for you to become the fairy godmother to Minority Corner Please. and all the kids. Please. Because she was... The eye rolls to the background singers, the side eye that she do. was giving to them. They you came, know, heads rolled that Christmas. It was not a Christmas miracle. Heads rolled. They came rolling up to a <laughs> White House Christmas tree lighting for Miss Patty LaBelle in some house coats and, like, earmuffs. <laughs> Late. Light. Patty was on time. She's so on time that she was way too early to her entrance. She was early. (laughs) She was ready. But you know what? She was not ready in the sense that she didn't know the words. She didn't go to a rehearsal. She would have found out that the cue cards were wrong. She would have learned some of the words. The cue card boy would have known when to turn the card. The background singers would have known when to show up on stage. Uh, Dress rehearsal, y'all. This is not a dress rehearsal, Patty. It's like a classic <laughs> ass song too. Oh, if man. you're black, this song has been played in every single Christmas movie, every single Christmas household. It's like, I think it's Donny Hathaway. It's kind of surprising that she doesn't know the words of the song. <laughs> Patty knew this. She knew she was gonna sing this Christmas. It's gonna be a special Christmas year, you and me. And woo! She let the background singers do like the rest, the real word, and she would just be like, whatever they sing, it will be you. You and me, <laughs> woo! Yeah, Merry oh, Christmas, man. James. I didn't tell you this before what? because I what? wanted to tell you on my surprise. Mic. I um, you know, I Patty. went to a Patty Labelle concert Stop. when I was a little kid. Oh wow! Tell me, was it like that? And was she like, I don't know the words. Where my background yes, singers? Because I don't know it. honey, bring that card back. At one point, she she's out there singing and she's like, "Where's my dresser at?" And then. This poor assistant man comes pulling out this dresser, and she's like, where's my couch? And then another assistant comes pulling out a couch. She lays down on the couch, and she's like, go get me a man. And so somebody goes out into the audience, grabs a man, and the man's hell of excited. And she's like, okay, now go into my dresser and pick me out a pair of shoes. Oh, wow. Oh, all right. And dude has to go into the dresser, picks her out a pair of shoes, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh. And he has to go and like get another pair of shoes. He comes back and she's like, put them on my feet. And then he puts shoes 
on her feet, and then that's wow. it. She's like, okay, now leave my stage. What, what I love is that usually, like, when Janet Jackson or, like, Britney brings up a dude up on stage, it's for, like, a sexy lap dance. They freak dance. And that's nasty. Not Patty LaBelle. She was like, get me a pair of shoes. Not these shoes. I need a better pair of shoes. Get out of here. It's the best. Patty LaBelle is the most free, gives zero fucks woman in the world. Zero. She's like a combination of all of my best aunts combined yes. together. She's like the Zoltron four yes. of the world's greatest aunts. She is the aunt supreme. She, she is, is the ultimate the aunt. aunt supreme. She, she was also on Tyra Banks, and Patty LaBelle is like a chef. She has like her own like cooking show or whatnot, and she's known for that. Like yeah. Whoopi Goldberg comes over, and she's like living up with Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Which is the best thing ever. So there was a cooking show. This woman had, like, healthy cooking. And mind you, Patty LaBelle's segment's already over, but she's like, uh-uh, I'm going to stay and see what's going on with this for this healthy cooking. I'm going I'm to check this out for this bacon. Oh, my God, I love so it. So Patty's, like, standing, like, right behind the woman, and she's, like, getting into the woman. Because the woman, for some reason, thought that Patty thought that she said that she could eat the paper. And the woman's like, you can't eat the paper. And Patty's like, I know I can't eat the paper. What's up with this woman? Why does she think I'm going to eat this paper? How dare she you even assume that Patty LaBelle's going to eat the paper? Well, exactly. Because for like the next minute, <laughs> Patty was like, why did you think, honey, that I was going to eat the so paper? Good. And then Tyra's like trying to like smooth things over. And she's like, what is Patty doing over there? Is she, is she acting crazy? Oh my God. And Patty's like rolling her eyes the entire time. I and the love like, Patty LaBelle so much. We love you, Patty. Oh, I, we God. need you to come on the show. Please. I don't, I think I would just probably die. Well, and I can, that's a growing theme with you. We had Janet Jackson on the, sh- on, on the show, Michelle Obama. I would die. And now Patty. And you I just die. die all those times. James, much. I'm a very fragile person. So we got to warn our three <laughs> guests that to Patty, to Janet, to Michelle, uh, be warned. Aneke, she's fragile. She's a fragile be lady. Warned. She's a fragile woman. She's a fragile HBIC. I am fragile. I, whoo. If I'm not dying, I'm peeing my pants or something. Who knows? This is just too much excitement. It's just too much for you to For my, my tired body. I, do you know <laughs> that I put on my white hat once again and went back to the White House? I did it. Okay, so why why did you go to the White House so, this time? You're like posting on Facebook, and everybody asked me. They're like, "And okay, why is James at the fa- at the White House?" I was like, "I asked. <laughs> he won't tell me." Well, <laughs> so I went back to DC for work. Again, I was a boy on a train, and back to DC for work. Yes. It was just as exhilarating. Actually, this time it was a little bit sexier. I actually had a, a sexy hookup Ooh. with this guy. That almost had a sexy hookup with the guy on a train. It turned into a date. But anyways, I'll say that for another time. You need to watch yourself on that train. Trains can be a sexy hookup spot. And also they got bed bugs on there too, yeah. so be yeah. careful. Okay, thanks for the warning. <laughs> Don't expose oh, your fun. skin. Okay, <laughs> but I went back to the White House because my cousin works for the VP. So I got an actual tour of the inside of the White House. He hooked me up with this. Oh. Yeah, hooked me up with this tour. That's so cool. So I got cool. to go inside. The East Wing is where they house. They do like all the, the, it's where you see most of the footage when they're hanging out in the in the library or walking up the stairs to their oh, area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, when he has his pest conferences or a lot of the fancy dinners or, or big parties or events. It's like, yeah, it's like the party house. Like when they go to the West Wing, it's just like it's just a lot of offices, and it's not as exciting. It's just like a conference center, the West Wing. Oh yeah, that's where people that's go to work. Like the TV show, the right. West Wing, yes. where it all goes down. But Ticket Torch is like, oh, okay, I see this. That's so cool that you've been in there. And you know what? I have to highlight this. Not only was I there, but I was there while 
a black man and his family lived in that house and were the leaders of this country. And right. I said, take such a huge moment for that. Yeah. Because I'm walking around, I'm seeing all these paintings of like, you know, George Washington and Roosevelt and all these white leaders right. and their white wives. Right. And from this moment on, right. there will be other paintings. There'll be paintings of Barack and Michelle. And I hope it's just the start of even more. Yes. That we'll see, you know, the first Latino president and, and his wife. I or, love it. Or her wife and, and her husband and, and the their husband and their husband. So we have more female presidents. And right. Gay presidents of all different races and diversity. And I, uh, you know, right. up until Let's... this point, it's been interesting that this house, if you go in there as a minority, man, was that just a white person's house? Like, yeah. We've had nothing but white leaders up until this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. to It's, it's truly amazing. I feel like I, and I can't speak for the public, but me personally, I got so just like, complacent about the fact that we have a black first family in the white house. And I think that has to be a tribute because they're just so upstanding and so wonderful and so lovely that I was just like, yeah, okay, whatever they're doing a wonderful. Okay. It's great. But you know what? As we're like in these crazy, crazy ass times, this is truly amazing and truly wonderful that we get to be alive during this time that we had the Obamas in that white house. Absolutely. And you know what? Not all the presidents and candidates that are going to come out are going to be as awesome as Barack Obama. And that's why when I hear millennials who are just like, oh, I don't know who to vote for. I'm not really interested by any of the candidates. Like, listen, fuck off. They're not all Barack Obamas. Like, you don't want to hang out with all of the presidential candidates. It's just not going to happen. I mean, the, the first president I had to cast a fucking vote for was John fucking Kerry. I don't want to hang out with him, but it doesn't matter. He was the better choice of who I thought could lead the country. And even before that, I had to cast my vote for, he was my second choice. I voted for John Edwards in the primary back in 2004, only because Howard Dean had already beyond his way out. Right. But just talking about the White House, like, it's hugely historical that we do have this black man even inside, because, like, back in the 50s, black right. folks weren't even allowed inside the White House unless... They were working there. I remember when in the butler, when Oprah Winfrey goes into the White House, she was going cuckoo bananas because she was allowed into the White House. So it's not even that long ago. And for me, it's like every time I see Barack Obama, I, it's never lost on me the importance and power of right. what he is and what he represents. This is huge historically for our country. And like whatever it is that you think about Barack Obama from our country, if you think he was terrible, whatever, it doesn't matter. This is historical. Knowing the history behind our country and where we even still are in terms of racial inequality today, this was a fucking huge moment. So take a moment. Exactly. Because then, on the flip side, there was examples of some systemic racism inside the White House. What? So it was really beautiful to see all these other black people walking around the house. And I will say, there was almost a fight that broke out. Uh because Here we go. These sort of... Uh-huh gussied up, sort of, looking like they were maybe going to run for office one day, these, you know, white folks, literally just pushed past Ew. a bunch of black folks and my cousin and I, mm. and to go take their photo in front of this, like, area where Barack Obama is usually, like, meeting other dignitaries yeah. and giving speeches. And the two black people behind me were like, is that an example of privilege? I don't know what is. Mm, privilege. Oh, damn, mic drop. They said that? I love it. They even, like, actually spoke to those uh, white folks who cut. They were like, um, hey, there was a, a people in line ahead of you. 
And I think some folks are just so used to their privilege that they just go for what they want. They just take it with no regards uh, anybody else. They're just used to getting what they want, taking and things coming to them because this world has been designed for them. Yeah. Sometimes we're just invisible to them. We're they don't even visually see us. Oh, completely. On the same levels, them. So I wonder if it's because of the conversations that are happening today, or because there's a black man in the off in the White House that these two black guys were just like, not today. They felt empowered to say something. And I'm glad that they did because it's so true. I, I, there are a lot of people out there that don't understand the feeling of being invisible, and. As a person of color and a woman, I have felt invisible in so many situations. And it's hard to speak up, you know, because then you get the label. So I'm so glad that those guys spoke up because it's true. Like, just because you benefit from privilege doesn't mean that you need to take advantage of it all the time. True. Yeah. I mean, it's just like checking and being like, whoop. And just acknowledging other yeah. people, creating a space for other people. Yeah, if they were like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't even realize that. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry. You know, that that would have smoothed it over, I think. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, the only way that I could have seen that I could have fixed this if I was Patti LaBelle and I'd come in, I'd be like, whoa, where are my singers? Get out of here. Where are my cards? Where are my cards? Where am I? Where are my cards? Oh, Lord. I don't know what's next. Bring my cards, baby. Bring my cards. I don't know the words. This This Christmas. Christmas. I don't know what's next. I think for a holiday special, we're going to have to play that. I'm going to find the audio. I'm going to find the audio recording. We need to do... A reenactment. We are doing a reenactment. Oh, yeah. We'll do a video reenactment of it, too. Yes. We'll play, like, a little snippet for our holiday Christmas spectacular special. It's Christmas. This Christmas. So... I have to put Neka on blast right now because offline, Neka did a secret confession to me. She's like, James, yeah. I just love Paddle Bell so much. Okay, full, I don't know if that's the Viking talking Full disclosure, or what. everyone. I went in for my final checkup on my uterus updates. All is good. And I'm doing good. I have a good uterus now. Yay. I'm all fixed. I'm in the clear. Yay. No more fibroids. Yay. But in order for me to get checked, I had to get some, like, invasive-ass procedure. So I took a Vicodin because it was prescribed to me, and my doctor said I could, and I did. And because she, of that, So I'm getting all the Vicodin confessionals. So because of that, I'm a little she's, loopy. She's feeling all the feels. She's feeling it. And I will say, in your defense, Patti LaBelle is amazing. I'm right alongside you. I yes. celebrate Patti LaBelle's freeness. I appreciate her over Aretha Franklin. Yes, me too. Aretha Franklin is kind of rude. She's rude. She is, because there is a video of her. Aretha Franklin is performing at some sort of mm-hmm. Divas live concert or something, and Patti LaBelle's in the audience clapping along, and Aretha Franklin walking in the aisle, and Patti LaBelle goes to shake her hand, and Aretha Franklin looks at her hand and keeps walking. And you know what? That got me so mad, because um, Aretha Franklin... 
you in your little purse that you carry around with you, that's a thing. Go Google it. Aretha Franklin in her purse. <laughs> okay. You need to get over yourself. And move on like the Eden's Crush song. And be nice to Patti LaBelle because n- Patti LaBelle is just filled with light <laughs> and love and is friendly and happy to everybody except for her background singers when they're late. Yeah, because they all got fired that day. It was not a Christmas <laughs> miracle for them. It, it was is a not. sad one to remember. Someone got Worst fired. Worst Christmas ever. Someone- <laughs> a lot of people got fired. Cardboy, the background singers. Okay, so do I sound gay? The poor plight of the straight actors. And by straight actors, I mean straight acting gays and technically internalized Uh, homophobia. What do you mean straight acting gay? Like I'm trying to, like a um, Neil Patrick Harris, like a... Like a gay actor? Someone who would identify as straight acting, who's, okay. is what I mean. They're they're gay, but they consider themselves to be straight acting. It's a particular type of person who would even identify as that. Like, what does that even mean? Okay, yeah, let's break it down. So, once again, and I've talked about this before, but we're going to go deeper. We're going to go even Ooh. deeper into these straight acting gays who are against the femme gays or the more queenie gays Mm. or what have you. They are once again at war Uh with a war that they possibly created themselves or a war within themselves. Okay. So this all got inspired because I watched this documentary called Do I Sound Gay? And to give you a little precursor, you know, I love my some percentages and some facts. I love my numbers. I love, you know, I love me some facts. Me too. So. Okay. There was a European award-winning story, study. I don't know the name of it, but Uh-oh. it was an award-winning study. And okay. it es- essentially said those who had not experienced homophobia in school were uh-huh. more than twice than likely to have used the phrase straight acting to describe themselves. Huh. Okay, so are we only talking about people who identify as gay? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's only talking about okay, okay. my gay community, my gay folks, those who identify as that. I don't okay, think I was that's confused really for a straight acting, but <laughs> guys really consider themselves straight acting, straight guys. I don't think they really use it in that way. I don't think so, because that's a privilege, where it is, like, I'm a straight woman. I don't have to worry about which way I act or whatever, because I benefit from the privilege of a world being created for, for straight people. Which I think as we go on... Think about that phrase, straight acting, and what does that really even mean? Why is that something that someone would want to label themselves as and fight for? That particular label, or try to strive to fit into that label. Interesting. Put a pin in that. So the study also said and found that those who reported using the phrase straight acting as a personal descriptor were also 57% more likely to agree with the statement that Feminine gay men give gay men like me a bad reputation. Ew. Compared to only 20% of those who had not used the term to describe themselves. So remember, those who had identified themselves as straight acting had primarily, mostly not experienced homophobia in school. Uh Also, now are deeming that people within their own community, that feminine gay men are just making their lives so much worse that they're just giving them a bad name. A bad name? Yeah. So it gives them a bad reputation mm. in terms of, and I've heard this before from people who 
see more effeminate gay men. Why do you have to act like that? Why does it be such a sissy? Yeah. Essentially perpetuating that same sort of male chauvinist, male toxicity. Right. Being such a pussy, acting like such a girl. Or if I wanted a woman, I would be with a woman. Yeah. And about 33% of those straight acting gay men, which, you know what, I just want to break that down. The term someone to identify as straight acting is fascinating and I just want to say, hmm, to that. Yeah, like, what is it? Is it like someone being like, oh, I'm a dude, how's it going? I like to pump weight, pussies. No, 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 no. I think it's way more nuanced than that. It's more subtle. It's okay. not that far over the top. It's just, they can yeah. run in. They can essentially pass. And I think it's a term that also straight people use to identify maybe their gay friends. Uh, Oh, he doesn't act that gay. Or, oh, he's more straight acting. And what does that mean? Because if, honestly, if gays come in all different demographics and ways and and, and nuances, I think we need to Mm rebroaden the term of what gay actually means. In the same way we would do it for any demographic. So, basically, the term straight acting is a guy that they're not effeminate. They're not what someone would think of as gay in a stereotypical way. Okay, uh, okay. They're not like, oh, hey, girl. Got not it. Like, they don't have like a s or anything like that. Yeah. They just blend in. But that terminology, straight acting, it's it's sad to me because you're also putting the phrase acting into it. So it's like, is this really who you are? Is, is it, is your, is this a performance? Is this really yeah, you? Yeah, is it really you? And why is it that, that straight performance, why is that just to just straight men? Right. But because you are also gay, you are also a yeah. representation of what gay men are. So like I said, we need to rebroaden and re-broaden right. the ideas of what we think about who gay men are because you're not straight acting, you're just gay because you, your fact, are a gay person. Oh, uh, interesting. So 33% of those straight actors, I mean, straight acting gay men, are less likely to have faced homophobia or discrimination in the past five years. Okay. And 35% of those surveyed for the research agree with the statement, I identify more with the heterosexual community than with the gay community. That's really high. That's like... That's me. Thirty-five percent. That's, that's yeah. That's way too high. That makes me sad. It kind of makes me sad because I personally found so much solace in my gay community. When I moved to San Francisco, I found all these different group of friends of mine. Yeah, and there's such a variety of. It's a big, beautiful community of hundreds and hundreds of different types of gay men. We come in so many different shapes and sizes and attitudes and. There's this kind of music, or uh, there's gamers, yeah. there's, you know, sports folks, and drag queens, and everyone in between. They're just, they're just people. people. Everybody's different. And as we know, yes. because all the different subgroups we've talked about, I mean, you yourself are a twonk. Yeah. As, <laughs> I as <forgot>. you. Yes. <laughs> and that case, a twonk in the gay community. She Isn't that is just like an old ass twink? twink. <laughs> yes. You're an old ass twink. <laughs> But there are so many different subgroups within yes. the community. And to write yourself off from an entire community, basically because of social acceptance or, or hyper-masculinity, I mean, it's essentially internalized homophobia. It's what a lot of it comes yes. down to. And perhaps you haven't found like the right group of people or your peeps. There's so many different groups of gay men out there. There's the tech guys, the America's Next Top Model guys. To the ones who love picnics and wine right. and skydiving. Or my Kathy Griffin, Britney Spears, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey loving gays. To my wrestling gays. Even though I know why you're watching the wrestling. Same reason I was. 
And I guess it comes down to, I think it's a lot of fear. A fear because of, of what being an effeminate gay man or a hypersexualized gay man might mean. But our community comes in so many different varieties. Right. You know what this reminds me of, James? What up? It reminds me of all of the, like, weird conversation that, like, racial groups have, where it's, like, a um, like a junior mint for black people, coconut for Latino people, and a banana for Asian people, where it's, like, white acting. Yep, totally, yep. Where it's kind of, like, that yeah. weird, almost, like, a self-protection because of the stereotype turns into a self-hating yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Am I? Am I making a connection? You are. You're actually totally on point. And it's actually funny that you're talking about that because it's actually a connection that I want to bring up. Yeah. So there's this author, Carl Strode, who he has this quote that I think connects both of these conversations that you actually just made the connection to. And he says, he says that we all strive to have a positive self-conception. Mm. We want to believe that any group we belong to is positively distinct from others. Mm. He goes on to say that social identity theory suggests that if we feel this is not the case, we will either be compelled to try to migrate to another group with perceived higher status or fight to change the values attached to the group that we belong to. Interesting. And so what I love about that is that it's so broad that it really connects to any marginalized group. Right. And it seems for all of these groups, there seems to be a push or a want or a desire to be pushed towards, I'm going to say, white, hetero, male sort of um, culture and behavior and ideology. Like, that is the dominant, and that is the one that is the most perceived and accepted. Right. So you even have some women who are trying to adapt to this oh yeah like in the workplace people always try like the whole like be a boss kind of shit right yeah to be heard to be seen to be validated so i agree with you on that sense so a lot of what we're talking about can be seen towards any marginalized group many are our listeners who maybe are not gay but maybe they're part of a different marginalized group maybe you've heard these conversations maybe you even felt this way i mean you might have thought mm. why why do people in my community have to talk with an accent or be so ghetto Ugh, or yeah. or anything that like gets sort of vilified or any sort of stereotype that gets sort of right. made fun of of course you might want to try to distance yourself away from that because these stereotypes could be used to hurt you and bring you down right and i get it you're just trying to be your own individualized person i think perhaps we need to broaden the terms of what does it means to be gay or to be black that maybe someone's not acting white they're not acting black they are just themselves and if they happen to be a black person who talks in a certain way that is being black if they happen to be gay and they're acting uh what's perceived to be straight they are also just acting gay because they are a gay man which brings me to my next point that cal has this great theory and i'm talking to all of you straight of identifying gay men out there he says that feminine gay men are caught in the crossfire of a battle that self-described straight acting gay men are having with themselves oh Oh, interesting. And I think that makes sense because, you know, the way that gay men market themselves is more visible than ever before because of things like, you know, grinder and scruff, which we've talked about. Right. So what it does is it brings things like femphobia to the surface. And oh. he says, you know, we didn't take every opportunity to challenge that. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, like the whole um, no fats, no femmes, no Asians bullshit. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And especially like when we are also talking about like when even gay men are saying like, ooh, no, you're too feminine. What you're saying is anything that's being connected to being female is negative. And that's so tied into hyper masculinity. Yeah. And it's still at play here. Right. So 
we're still equating anything that's women, anything that's female, it's negative, it's bad. Oh, totally. And there's a lot that I think is connected to that. And it's also something that I think all marginalized communities can connect with this idea, but, you know, passing, code switching. Right. And so actually, LGBT history expert and director at San Diego Pride, um, Fernanda Lopez, defined code switching as, he said that identity migration over to a group with the perceived higher Mm -hmm. status for those who can pass. That's what he defined uh, passing as. Mm -hmm. Um, So he even said that it's even prevalent in the Latino community, and folks might change their names to a more uh, white-sounding name, also known as whiting out their name. In some examples in the Latino community, Fernanda Lopez was saying that Juan would become Juan, Miguel would become Michael, and he was like, well, Fernando could become Frank, but he was like, fuck that, I like Fernando. And, oh, you know what, that happens in Asian communities, too. I remember growing up, because, you know, I grew up in um, a city with a large Asian population, a lot of my friends had their American name, and then they also had names that reflected their, um, Mm-hmm. family's heritage mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I could even see, like, in the black community, some folks who may have, like, like an African-sounding name, maybe even hey, switching it I up to a more Hey, I go by K. That's know, me. That's me. I go into Starbucks. I go into anywhere they, where they have to call my name, and I never say Aneke. I say K. Well, yeah, because you've and... got some crazy shit where they're just like, on K, queen of the jungle, or some yeah, or crazy like... shit, right? <laughs> You get all kinds of like spellings. Like they just their ears can't hear it. <laughs> that happened. Anakanu. Yeah, Akasha. it's just like people can't refuse to try and accept it, and it's. I I probably would feel mm-hmm. more. I don't know. I would be more readily mm, yeah. willing to submit my name to something if people weren't so dismissive and rejecting towards it, which is the same sort of thing where it's like, um, if you are constantly looking on Grinder and you keep seeing things that are like no femme, yeah. then it's, yeah. it's essentially limiting like the surrounding people right. around and what you. What effect that has on other people when you see shit like that and you being you right. gives me a bad name or makes me or hurts me. Like, go fuck yourself. Really? Right. Your yeah. problem is actually within yourself. And this is your brother. This is your sister within your community. Exactly. And at the same time, like, I can't and I won't put the blame solely on these quote unquote straight acting gay men. No. Which I think you need a new name and title. Yeah. It's rooted in safe hatred. Yes. But when we look at examples of movies, and we talked about this before, when they have Mm. coded gay characters. Right. And you have examples of those all throughout history. They're either the villains or they kill themselves or they're killing other people. They get killed. Disney villains, Jafar, Shere Khan, Captain Hook, Scar, they all have sort of gay sounding, the way that they speak, right? Things that people attribute to what, how gay men talk. Yeah, to the feminine kind of stereotype. Right, so these things that you've been seeing as a kid or the movies throughout history, uh, things that are attributed to gay culture or gay men or effeminate men are things that people hate. So, of course, you would not want to be connected to that. So, that brings me to the documentary, Do I Sound Gay? Yeah. I highly recommend it to everybody watch this. It's exceptional Everybody's got to get something out of it. Right. It's got something for everyone. Even if you were straight, maybe you grew up and you were trying not to have that (laughs) sort of voice that was naturally yours, but maybe you were picked on because of it, the way that you Uh, sounded. Interesting. So we all have issues with the way that we sound. It follows David Thorpe. He's a writer here in New York. What, what? 
and his journey to question whether or not if he sounds gay or maybe to change it or maybe not. It has Margaret Chow, Cho, Tim Gunn, Don Lemon, uh-huh. Dan Savage, David Sedaris, George Takei. He goes to a speech therapist and a lot of gay men apparently through childhood had to go through a speech therapist because of those, not because they had a lisp, but because they have that gay sound, That's- that S-Z sound. Yeah, David Sedaris. And folks were wanting to, they were wanting to correct that because it was almost like a, a, a dead giveaway It's like a, to being gay. It's a gay code. So trying to correct the way that they were speaking. So, Which is a shame. Yeah. Early on, there was something... They know there's something wrong with the way that they are or how they speak. So it's also interesting when he goes to meet with the speech therapist and they talk about the speaking in the case of up-down. So not hanging on to your vowels. And oftentimes women in more effeminate speech patterns tend to go up on the ends of their sentences. Do you get what it is that I am saying? Whereas opposed to... Oh, interesting. More so men just end their statements more so down. It is a fact. How are you doing? Doing. Not how are you doing? How are you doing? And it tends to be less sing-songy. Oh, fascinating because I just heard something about women CEOs and how they have to curb their speech to not sound like a question. And that's what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, hmm, wow, you know, I bet there are women who also have to go through this training depending on what it is that they, what work or field that they live in. Yes. Do they have to go, you know, try to learn how to go down on their sentences? Yeah, to make you sound more serious. So yeah, like women in the business world are having to learn how to state their sentences with just like facts like men are just like right. you know punching you in the face with their statements like with their, their dick in their face <laughs> here's my dick and ah, here's a sentence I'm gonna slap Bam. you with it I'm just gonna slap you <laughs> with my facts and my sentences so oh but here's one tidbit that I wanted to throw out there that I thought was incredibly fascinating so where do we get this idea that there is this sort of gay voice, right? Yeah, where did that come from? But you know where the gay voice actually comes from? What? Straight men. What? Straight men have the gay voice. Because here's the thing. Uh-huh. They did this study trying to find out if people could identify if a person was gay or straight by the way they talked. Yeah. And they were wrong about 60% of the time. 60%? So Wow. You can't tell if someone is gay based on their voice. There we so go. the whole entire thing is actual bullshit. Yeah. Because there are gay men who sound straight, and there are straight men who sound gay. Right. And it just happens. And there's many factors that play into this of how you speak. So if you're mm. surrounded by mostly by men, or surrounded by mostly by uh, women growing yeah. up, your ear gets trained to a certain thing. I know I was trained... To speak after watching Clueless and Seasons of Buffy. So yeah. that's how I learned how to talk. I love them so much. You were taught that by the TV. I, t- it was strained to it. So it's that, like, you know, LA sort of sound. And yeah. That's how I learned how to talk. That's fascinating. And so I've learned how to do adjustments for when I'm doing presentations or depending on what space that I am. And I think it's actually really important for everyone to learn actually how to use their voice because your voice yeah. is. A tool. It's so true. So you want to get more comfortable with your voice? You want to get deeper into it? Sure, absolutely. I'm all about live your life, do your thing. But also, but if you're changing your voice for the sake of being accepted by another group, then you're probably changing actually who you really are at your core, at your essence. Yeah. There's this also a discussion that people necessarily always start talking like a certain way, like a certain in a, a stereotypical gay voice, but you also start talking like the people that you do surround yourself with. So, oh, you know, in an animal yeah. sense, birds of a feather squawk together, right? It's so true. 
So I guess really anything, like your voice, like anything, it's it's just a construct. So because it's a construct, you shouldn't really target anybody because you don't really know based on their voice what they really are. And demonizing anybody, especially within your own community. Yeah. Like if you're uncomfortable, face that. Why are you uncomfortable? Absolutely. Take a look at that. And I said this before, but within the gay community really has to come together. We can't put finger blaming at other folks within the community. And it's not the effeminate gay community or these queens who are pointing the fingers at the straight guys no. and demonizing them. But the more queen gays or the effeminate gays, these are the ones that are out in the right. streets who are fighting right. for the rights that we now all benefit from. They were out on yes. the streets. They couldn't. They couldn't hide. Their lives literally depended upon it. And they were the ones who were on the front lines protesting, fighting their activists. Right. Like in Stonewall, um, the it was a trans black woman who threw the shot glass that started it. Because when you're a trans woman who is a person of color, you can't hide, you know? Because they had to. They couldn't pass. They couldn't just sit in the shadows yeah it's front lines man that was fascinating james well thank you and just to cap it all off i don't consider being feminine to be a negative word if you do please go consult your counselor or therapist because you need to unpack that shit yes and i think the beauty of being a gay man is that i'm able to transcend Mm. gender sexuality these constructs Mm. like i can maneuver and use these. Yes. I can change my voice. I can adjust my body. It's all just yeah. a tool. Oh, totally. And, and how I can use it. So it's a difference between being aware of when you're doing it or just letting it sort of happen to you or doing it because, again, to fit in. There's a way to do it that you're still being authentic to yourself and to your many selves that you do have within yourself. I love it because we are all multifaceted people and we need to enjoy and celebrate each, you know, piece of us we're like yeah you know we're going into the holiday season right now and i want us all to think of ourselves as those orange chocolate candies that you knock on the the wall and then you open it up and it's all these different pieces of orange slices of chocolate that's you and each one is special and beautiful and delicious and we need to not shut it down at all i have no idea what you're talking about but it sounds delicious and beautiful but, you know, in general, get connected to your voice. Love your voice. I had issues with my voice, but I've come to terms with it. This is my Same voice. Here. This is who I sound like. This is how I talk. Speech See a speech therapist or no. But most of all, stop hating each other. And nothing feminine is wrong. Right. Amen to that. Thank you. Woo! All right. You are up next, lovely. Woo! Where your background singers? Where? Where's my a cards? very special Christmas. This Christmas. Where my cards? Bring my cards. I forgot most of my words during that, but I was really no, stressing no. out. <laughs> I was like, where are my cards? I don't know what I'm saying next. You got your corner, you got your corner. Give me a K. K, you got your K. I'm not going through all yeah, that. Yeah, that's that just a long, long ass word, but I get it. I, I support you word. in your support of me, in your cheer team. <laughs> It's a lot. <laughs> we're, we're getting ready for the Minority Corner cheer team. I practice will be are, in the back are getting started smoking a soon. cigarette. We're going to get started with practice for the Minority Corner cheer team. After this single drops, the yeah. cheer squad will be getting going. <laughs> what is that going to be in 2020? Yeah, 2022. 
we gotta get costumes. So 2023, we'll have the first practice. Keep it on the calendar. Oh my god. Don't don't touch keep it. Keep it. You better keep listening. What? Okay, what are we doing? Okay, so I love our podcast. I think Minority Corner is excellent. It's wonderful. I love, it I love you. I love our listeners. I love everything about it. But I also want to share some love for some other podcasts because I feel like a lot of people probably might listen to us and be like, wow, I really like this type of podcast. And I kind of want to listen to something that's sort of like it or in the same sort of vein. Um, and one of the main things is you're black, I'm black. Yeah, that's true. So <laughs> let's celebrate some other black podcasters. Can I give you a, a, a theme song? This is called Plug It Up, Plug It Up. I love it. We're just, I'm just plugging people. Plug it up, plug it up. <laughs> Listen to other podcasts. Plug it up, plug it up. Plug it up. Other black podcasts. Yes. Okay, so a lot of this is because I've been kind of listening to a bunch of different podcasts and I've been inspired because, I mean, the fact that you and I are podcasters now is kind of surprising and awesome to me. So I just, I can't believe that we're in the company of some of these other awesome podcasts as well. So totally. yes. I want to give them props. Are they? Okay. So one that I've been listening to a lot is called The Read. Yeah. Uh, I've heard about this one. I love it so it's basically um it's uh just like us a woman and a guy kid fury and crystal um they both identify as queer and um they basically talk about black culture they do like a black excellence and then they talk about some ratchet ass shows like love and hip-hop and then they read some listener letters and they just basically talk for like an hour and change about some fun silly shit I highly suggest it. It's called The Read. So check them out. Um, First of all, yes. Second of all, I need a better name. Because there's someone else called there, out there, Kid Flash, and He's I'm James Kid Arthur. Kid Fury. And then, oh. And, well, and you're a Nekke, but that's even better. Um, no. So I can be Kid Flash. That's dope. From now on, you will only call me Kid Flash. This is this this corner is going to be called James Appropriates. Yep. All of these different... I'm actually just here taking notes. This is actually just a study lesson for me to uh, learn what the other great podcasts are doing. This is called James Studies Other Podcasts. Because you've listened to all it. of them. I haven't. Yeah. So I'm just taking the cliff notes of what you're... You're the student studying, and I'm just... You're just, you I'm know, I know you take my notes <laughs> and like <laughs> get an A from it. Um, okay. Number two, <laughs> this one I've been listening to a lot of people mm-hmm. love this one, but okay. I feel like I can't not mention it if we're doing black podcasters. Okay. It's called two dope Queens. So it oh, has, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You've heard of that one. I've it has Jessica Williams from, Ugh. she was on the, um, daily show. The Daily her. Show. Oh, and then man, I miss her from there. Me too, but she's doing big things now. What is she? She's doing the podcast. Oh. She's getting her own show. Okay. She's being amazing. Good for her. She's fucking but hilarious. But who I really want to pump up is her co-host, Phoebe Robinson. I fucking love Phoebe Robinson. She is hilarious. She has a new book out called, um, I think it's called You Can't Don't Touch My Hair or something like that. I don't know. She's great. She used to write um, recaps on The Vulture that I know both you and I read, which is a pop culture blog that's produced by the New York Magazine, I think. Yep. So that's Two Dope Queens. It's basically them. It's their live show. They do, like, a stand-up show. So they get up on stage. They chit-chat like we do, talk about their lives, and then they introduce comics 
So it's kind of like if you like comedy and you like stand up comedy, they um, that's the show for you. Nice. It sounds similar to what you and I are about to do in Chicago. Chicago, Chicago Podcast Podcasting Festival. Festival. November 18th. $20 at the Steppenwolf Theater. Ooh. And there'll be more <laughs> live singing right then. Oh, my God. Maybe we, we can get Patti LaBelle to be on there. We better get our cue cards correct. That would be a hot <laughs> mess. She's like, baby, what am I saying? What, what do I stand? Oh, what are these questions? <laughs> baby, I don't know what I'm supposed to be saying. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know. I'm so Patty LaBelle. Please come be our guest, Patty LaBelle. Patty, please um, come be our guest. So, we can't do the show without you. You know what? I'm just going to say, if any of you guys listening out there have a connection to Patty LaBelle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could awesome. you please? Yes. She is up at the top of the list of uh, folks that I please. want to interview for I this really podcast. want to meet she Patty LaBelle. Okay. Me Before we end up just pleading for Patty LaBelle, (laughs) Phoebe Robinson also has another podcast called Too Many, oh, So Many White Guys, where she basically interviews people. It's co-produced by Ilana Glazner, who is also in um, Broad City. And so Phoebe does, it's basically her just interviewing people, comics, writers, you know, notable people. So she's hilarious. So once again, I say check it out. All right. So another one that I want to pump is W. Kamal Bell. He had a TV show on, what show was it on? I forget. It was on like, F. oh, it was on FX. And then that got canceled. And then he had another show that's on CNN called The United Shades of America, where he basically travels around the country interviewing people. He, like, interviews the KKK and shit. Oh, wow. So that's on CNN. But he has multiple podcasts. Um, One of them is called... Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. <laughs> and that's the entire <laughs> podcast. I mean, I don't argue that, but is it just them talking about how Denzel Washington is the greatest actor ever? Basically. <laughs> has Denzel Washington ever been on the podcast? I don't he- think he has, but they basically talk about Denzel Washington <laughs> movies every single episode. And he also has Amazing. another podcast out that I am being terrible and can't remember the name of right now because, and I even went to a live taping of it. Oh. I'm an idiot. But it's really good. If you look up W. Kamau Bell, his shit is hilarious. It was, this is how dope he was. The He recorded this podcast at the Jewish Cultural Center, and then he brought in... Um, um, Zionist activists and Palestinian activists and had a conversation about that on stage. Wow, that's pretty dope. Isn't that dope? I love it. Oh, wow. I mean, that's powerful. That'd be similar to, like, if you and Mm -hmm. I were to bring, like, Lindsay Lohan, the Lohans... And and, and and Raven Simone um, and the Kardashians that, or something. Wouldn't you? Don't you think it's I feel be like similar? it's a little different. Really? It's close. I think it's very, it's just right like up there. A, We're both doing the Lord's work here. Just like a little different. Slightly. Power to the people. Peace, okay. police. We're, we're bringing it to. <laughs> Bridging the gaps. So another one I want to po- uh, promote. If you like podcasts like This American Life, um, Radio Lab, The Moth, but you want a little bit of like color mixed in there, then you need to listen to Snap Judgment. Ooh, what's that? So Snap Judgment is hosted by Glenn Washington, it's a black guy, and it's basically like this really pretty produced 
kind of artsy, magical kind of podcast that ta- that takes like different stories, different kind of news, different like reading pieces, different like spoken word pieces. It's almost like you get to like be transported to like an artistic hour long ride. So snap judgment, go check that out for show. Dope. But wait, going back to that panel, what if we brought Kanye and Jay-Z to be friends again? Okay. Because you know they're fighting. That, that's, a, that's closer. It's closer. Okay. I, that's, <laughs> I'm just so mad that they're fighting. It's the last Why? thing the world needs. Well, you know their babies don't hang out, so. Well, first of all, Beyonce and Kim Kardashian do not hang out. Like, well, I Beyonce mean, ain't having it. <laughs> Kim kept trying to be friends with Beyonce. Do you blame Beyonce? <laughs> do you blame her, though? No, not at all. But I guess Kanye West got mad because when Kim got, she mm-hmm. got that stick-up thing in France, she got mugged or whatever, mm-hmm. Jay-Z, Jay-Z didn't come by the house to see if she was okay, he just well, called. I mean... And so Kanye got mad at that. Oh, and Kanye got kicked off of, there was some song that they were supposed to both be on. Oh, yeah. And because the song wasn't going to be on title, Jay-Z mm-hmm. didn't allow Kanye to be on the song. This Kanye is, was pissed. This is just some petty shit. Both these guys are hella rich, and, like, don't they have other things to be worried about? That is hella true. <laughs> but you know who is friends? Uh-huh. Beyonce and Adele. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Adele is awesome. Apparently mm-hmm. her and Adele clown each other, and Beyonce was like, Adele is a sweetheart. She is so humble. She's a beautiful woman, and her comebacks are on point. I love it. I love it. Okay, next podcast. Black Girls Talking. So this one, I've, I haven't listened to, but it's on this list, and it says, a frank, open, thoughtful conversation between four women of color about culture, race, and all kinds of hashtag relevant topics. The four hosts, Alicia, Fatima, Arula, and Ramu, complicate and deepen the understanding we have of women of color across various kinds of media. I'm going to listen to that. That sounds fucking awesome. And apparently they had Janet Mock on there. Well, that is fucking awesome. I love me some Janet Mock, but they should have you on it. That'd be tight. Hey. And they should also have <laughs> me as my drag version of Scary Spice on there. I could be like, hello, ladies. Sure. Go power. <laughs> go power, ladies. Let's <laughs> just have us both on the same episode and me and drag on a podcast, which makes total sense. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay, the last one. This one's very appropriate for what you're talking about. Being in drag? It's the last one's called RuPaul. What's the T? Oh yeah, definitely listen to that. So if you watch RuPaul's Drag Race, he promoted it this last episode because RuPaul and Michelle Visage they recorded little bits with the contestant, the runner-ups for the winner. Um, apparently, it's like really good. It's a more revealing, straightforward version of RuPaul than you see on TV. Um, Michelle Visage. A lot of people say that Michelle Visage, like, is the reason that you stick around. Like, you come for RuPaul, and then you stick around for Michelle Visage. Yeah, so totally. they talk. Ab- and mm-hmm. I have friends who listen to this podcast, and remember we did a two-part episode about RuPaul, and apparently, like, on the podcast, like, RuPaul is mm-hmm. fucking brilliant. He says some really prophetic shit. He's also, he's a Buddhist, uh-huh. and he just sort of strips away the bullshit and just really gets into, like, the nitty-gritty. He he peeks behind the man at the curtain and shows you yeah. what reality really is. So definitely would agree, listen to that one. But I'm going to check it out. I, I kind of want to hear it, see what's going on. 
So those are the podcasts. You guys check them out. If you like them, plug them. If you like us, plug us. We gotta we gotta share the wealth, you know? We're out here supporting each other. I don't wanna be in competition. We need more people of color to be on podcasts to diversify the voices that we hear through our ear holes. And as my mother always says, there's room for everyone at the top. It's true. Like Solange says, a seat at the table. <laughs> we all gotta get a seat at the table. I thought you said feet at the table, and I was like, what? Feet at the table? Uh-uh. Get your feet. Keep those feet on the ground. The table. Uh, we eat up on here. On the ground. Sit your ass at the table. Mm-hmm. Also, which podcast of those that you're also listening to, should we do a joint episode Ooh. with? Uh, let them know. Let us know. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, happy listening, everybody. Enjoy. Coming up, Quizlet Corner. Don't fuck it up. Oh. Don't fuck it up. Okay. That's what RuPaul says at the end of Drag Race. Don't fuck it up. Quizlet Corner, Quizlet Corner, Quizlet, 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 in her face. Like, she looks like someone's gonna come out on the stage and murder her. Like, the, her life depends on this. Like, she, she might die. I feel like she didn't know what she was doing that day. And her driver just dropped her off. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm singing at the White House? All right. What song? What am I singing? What holiday is it? <laughs> okay, what am I wearing? Okay, I'll just, I was on my way to choir, but I'll just wear this. Let me put my comforter jacket on. It is a robe, a necky. It looks like a comforter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there are five things. One of them is not true. Okay, I got the, I got it. Five ripped from the headlines. Yes. One of these is a fucking fake. <laughs> okay. Just a little bit more intense this week. Okay. Okay, President Barack Obama is prepared to veto a crucial $600 billion annual defense spending bill if Republican lawmakers insist on including a controversial provision that would effectively void his executive orders banning anti-LGBT non-discrimination. Well, that... Could be true, could not be true. That one's true. That's way too business-like for you to be making that up. Well, damn. <laughs> well, maybe I'm just trying to trick you. Or, or maybe he's really just like, I don't give a fuck. Stop it! <laughs> Okay. Okay. Yes. Number two. Oh snap! Raven says no to that. So Raven spinoff. Mm. Could be true. Could not be true. Number three. Militarized police showed up and attacked a resistant camp at the North Dakota Access Pipeline. Could be true. Could not be true. Mm. Number four. And a plot twist nobody saw coming. Two girls went onto The Bachelor to compete for one guy, but ended up falling in love with each other. Could be true, could not be true. Okay. And lastly, one Christian organization had a particularly horrifying experience where participants for their hell house could experience what it was like to be trapped in the Pulse nightclub shooting. Ew. Which one of these is not true? Well, I know which one is is fake. Which one? Raven totally said yes to that so Raven remake. <laughs> Ooh, yes. You got the site. I got the site. You got it. Mm-hmm. You saw that coming. I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> yep. You just that so Raven that. Raven is leaving The View to develop a series with Disney. And I just want to highlight this because 
we sometimes in the same way that we kind of look at Barack Obama, like, oh, okay, like he's there. We just kind of look at yeah. Raven Simone just nonchalantly. Like she's just there doing her thing. Okay. But I wanted to highlight a few things about Raven. Okay. A lot of people like to give you some hate, Raven. I'm going to give you some props. First of all, Raven was executive producer of that show at the age of 19. She was? Damn. Causing the action there. Young black woman, 19 years old, executive producer of the show. That's amazing. Yeah. And it was the first Disney show to reach 100 episodes. They used to cancel their show after like 64 episodes to keep their shows fresh. But Raven yeah. was so popular that they just kept it going. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the new premise of the show is kind of cool. She's a divorced mother of two preteen kids, and one of oh. them has the ability to see the future. Isn't that cool? Like a divorced mother? I like, like that. I right feel sorry bat. for the other kid, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the poor kid who does not have the sight, yeah. right? <laughs> Only one of them has it. Oh. And I agree. Sometimes Raven says some questionable things about racism. She does. And I think... She does, but she's been a rich lady since she was a baby. Exactly. So she also... That's exactly what I was going to say. So it's not like the same understanding. Mm-hmm. And just to make a quick point about Barack Obama, um, even previously to this, he has vetoed 12 bills um, that any, he's staunchly defeated anything um, that he says going against his legacy laws or his executive uh-huh. orders. So he's been very pro, obviously, LGBT and making sure that stays. Good. The military police or uh, the militarized police, but same yeah. thing, kind of. Uh, they showed up with armored police trucks, bulldozers, yeah, so MRPs, LARDs, sound cannons, humbees, tear gas, pepper uh. spray, uh, slam bag grenades, beanbag round, ra- beanbag rounds, rubber bullets. I mean, elders were arrested during prayer. Like everybody, get involved with go- what's going on with Standing Rock. It's out of control. Like I brought this news to the podcast months ago, and you it's did. still happening. So we need to Crazy. do what you can. Do what you can. Donate. Donate food. Donate money. There are people there that are just trying to live their freaking lives. I just feel like so much has already been taken away from them, obviously through history, and then now the militarized police showing up and still trying to even take that much more with so little they have left right away from them and props goes out to shailene woodley uh, she got arrested and not for just being some like you know drunken starlet in the clubs but yeah, she's actually doing something with her fame and i have to like applaud her for it girls her own age like Lindsay lohan or back in the day <laughs> keep, nicole ritchie bringing up Lindsay lohan <laughs> i got lohan on the brain i don't know i just watched you the do. parent trap not too long ago <laughs> Mean Girls. Oh, okay. That's when she was at her best. <laughs> she was on fire playing those two twins. One had a British accent, and now she's just got a weird accent going on oh for her. Oh, my God, peeking at 12. <laughs> oh, and just to go back to Chicago, like, no wonder why straight-acting gay men are, you know, calling themselves straight-acting, because when you have things like fucking shit like this... I can't believe this shit. This, as like has an audacity to call themselves a Christian organization because they put an ad out saying they were looking for actors to play in one of their twelve rooms, like they yeah. do one of these hell houses, and one of them was going to be reenacting the pole shooting. That's disgusting. That's they need to be ashamed of themselves because that yeah. is disgusting. They, sometimes these Christian organizations, not all of them, but sometimes around Halloween they do these, like I said, hell houses. There's gonna have like a botched abortion room. The, oh my god! One of them was gonna have a reenacting of like the Charleston church massacre, which I don't know why that was gonna be in there. How do you go to sleep at night when you are promoting such I have hate no like idea. that? How- 
And their poster I don't get it. essentially looked like Rihanna with like glowing eyes. Like what? Why do they put like an image what? of like, you know, a black woman with maybe like a slightly maybe lesbian haircut? That just sounds like a cool club night. <laughs> oh my god, right? <laughs> It's supposed to be this elementary school in Chicago, but the elementary school caught caught wind of what was going to be happening, and they shut it down. Good. They're probably like, oh my God. But these events still do happen around the country, and they're not always shut down. Mm -mm. No wonder, you know, these gay men have been taught that they're hated and they're going to hell. So, of course, they're trying to pass and trying to distance themselves from what, you know, these communities are saying is fucked up and evil. I can't even handle it. It is so fucked up. Well, I don't know whether to congratulate you or your site, but you won. I know. Yes, I did it. I did it. You did good this week and last week. I'm reading my headlines. I may not be reading the articles, but I'm reading my headlines. You're reading those headlines. (laughs) Well played, library. Well played. You didn't even need the right cards. History Corner. Spoo. Audition. Do you know who that was an impression of? Elvira. That was me as Elvira. <laughs> wow. Because she used to just... <laughs> In honor of Halloween this year, that, that's who I am this year. I am Elvira. Spooky. And I've got big ass tears. All right, I'll take your word for it. Okay, so Halloween, it just passed, right? Yeah. So long tradition that we all love... Ho- dear to our hearts is trick-or-treating people come to the door you ring the doorbell you get that candy and you leave but a long time ago not even that long time ago people didn't used to get candy at the door Uh oh where were they getting instead panties no so (laughs) okay so in the 1910s and 1920s candy makers started to use halloween as like a way to like promote their candy because christmas and easter were like the big candy times Uh not halloween halloween was mostly like mischief you dressed up and you like did evil shit so they started it then and it didn't really catch on people were kind of like maybe i don't know and then in in the 1930s and 40s, that's when, like, doorbell ringing came to be. Oh. Like, that's when people would, like, ring the doorbell and, like, run away. Oh, so it was, like, <laughs> ding dong, tee and then run away as, like, a witch or a Dracula, and that was my Halloween. And so, but, like, candy wasn't, like, a treat. So then in um, 1948 to about 1952 is when people, kids started getting things at strangers' doors after ringing the doorbell. That's when, like, they started, like, getting treats. But what they got were, like, coins, nuts, fruit, some cakes. Ooh. And maybe, like, a toy. (laughs) Oh. I like the cake part. Yeah, give me that cake. And then in the 19- I would love to ring people's doorbells and they just give me you get cake. a cake. That'd be that, tight. Yeah. Thank you. That just go be, next door. I don't need to go I'm anywhere go to your else. House, ding dong. Wear my cake. And- Eat the cake. I'm gonna be dressed as Tina Turner. Eat the cake, anime. And then in the 1950s, um, Kool Aid and Kellogg's started promoting their like non candy products as trick or treat wow. options. Wow. Halloween has gone through <laughs> some transformations. I know. 
she has gone through a few costumes and makeovers of her own. And people were like, nah, not that into it. <laughs> what, you gonna hand out Kool-Aid packets? Go make some juice. I know. Basically, that's kind of what they were advertising. And then, so... Like, how many more Kool-Aid packets do I need? I go to four houses and, like, I'm good for the week. <laughs> that's it. You got enough Kool-Aid for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I am set. Okay, okay. So in 1960s, people were still getting things like nuts and fruits and coins. And it wasn't until, like, the frickin' 1970s when candy became an option. So, yeah. <laughs> an option. A viable option. So it may feel like we've been getting candy for hella long, but but that is kind of our recent-ass history, 1970s. So damn. So really, the only people who've really been trick-or-treating, it's like us, our parents. Yes. And the generation. Yeah, that's it. How crazy. So our parents' parents had to be willing to go on this crazy adventure. Yes. To I... dress their child up in a sheet costume or as like a, as a, as a vampire. Right. And let's go run around the neighborhood and bother the neighbors and ask them for candy. And meanwhile, you got to stay at home, pass out candy. It's weird how this whole phenomenon just took over. Right. And it happened hella quick. Like everybody and their mom trick or treats. It's like you... You trick or treat. You don't even question and it. And the fact that it started in the 70s makes, like, is so bizarre to me. Like, yeah, because if you think about it, by the time the Michael Myers Halloween movie special came out, or I don't know if it was a special, but like, yeah, you know, yeah, the big yeah. Halloween extravaganza yes. <laughs> Halloween variety hour starring Michael Myers, you know, by the time that came out, where he kills people. <laughs> yeah, that's special. Yeah, and tap dances. And he tap dances and stabs him down. He slides. <laughs> so that one. But that movie paints it like Halloween's been happening forever. It's part of the ages. And that movie was like, what, 1980, 1979, 77 or something? Yes, it was a new-ass thing. And that movie made it seem like this is the American life. This is like what you do. I have been fooled. It is. I am totally like, it blew me that's, away. Cause like when, let's say, okay, I'm giving my age away a little bit. I'm in my thirties. Yes. So let's say I was definitely trick or treating in the late 1980s. So like 1988, 89, yeah. I was doing some strong trick or treat game. <laughs> 10 years before that, it was like a newfangled thing. Yeah, I mean, those early days, people had to be like, why the fuck are you at my door? I mean, you were part of the pioneer Halloween trick-or-treaters. You were like the second wave of trick-or-treater folks out there. And how did it catch on? How did it, like... Yeah, because then it's taken a lot of different transformations and turns. Yes. Because it went from just ringing people's doorbells to getting some coins and nuts or or running away, and then a cake, and then the candy came on. And then just took over, like, nationwide. Like, we get specialized candies for people to come to our doors and collect them. We have tiny little candies just right. for this holiday. Like, what And then what's crazy, the because by the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. it got shut the fuck down. You had to do it during the daytime. Oh, yeah, because of all, like, scary night shit. But all the scary shit, yeah, like murderers and shit. Michael Myers' Christmas special Halloween extravaganza yes. got taken to a whole new other level. Y'all calm down. I miss like, good I old days of like Kool-Aid packets know. and coins. But now it's during the daytime and they have to go to like the mall. When I was a kid, we used to do it. Oh, oh yeah. Alameda, where I'm from, is it. I was just realizing this the other day that n- not every city goes as hard for ha- 
for Halloween that Alameda does. You go to Alameda and every single house has like an animatronic ass skeleton doing like a backflip in its yard <laughs> with like fog machine. Wow. And like people get real creepy. Like grandmas will have like severed heads on like stakes and shit outside of their shit. house. Like, But you know why? What are you doing, Alameda? Because she was part of the <laughs> pioneers Oh, I'm um, sure. Halloween. I'm dead sure. She was she she was in it from day one. I wouldn't be surprised if Alameda was one of the first places that fucking offered trick or treat candies. Shit, probably originated <laughs> from there. Wow. Well, damn. Thank you for blowing my mind. I thought it was like an ancient tradition. No, isn't from, it like, weird? The 1600s. It's the 70s. The get this down. Is very new. When you're watching the get down, trick or treating was new. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Do they even trick or treat in the get down? Probably not because no, they didn't. It they probably were. hadn't reached Definitely New York. Definitely not trick or treating in the Bronx. I know. Not trick or treating in the Bronx. It some other shit going on. They were on. not. They were they were dancing and fighting and rapping for their lives. Well, there you go. That's a little history corner for you guys. Trick or treat edition. Thank you from Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> live in the fictional city of Chicago. Do you love amazing podcasts like Max Fun's own Lady to Lady, Minority Corner, and Bullseye? Do you enjoy insightful interviews with talented actors and comedians like Dwayne Kennedy and Andre Royo? Don't miss your chance to be part of podcast history by attending the first ever Chicago Podcast Festival. Lady to Lady and Bullseye take the stage on November 17th, and Minority Corner performs on November 18th. Tickets are on sale right now. Visit MaximumFun.org for more information and to grab your ticket today. Right now. Motherfucker! (laughs) That's my favorite curse word is motherfucker. I know, but it's really weird when you think about the breakdown of the words. It's gross. Why? Think about it. Oh, oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, gross. Why do we say it so much? That's weird. Why do people say that so much? Until now, it was my favorite swearing word, but now I think it's weird. I mean, it's... The entire time you're saying, go fuck a mom. Right, that's... Like, come on. Are you fucking a mom? Go fuck a mom. Yeah, motherfucker. (laughs) It's weird. Who started that? That's so weird. You're a motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know when it started. I don't... It's... It's dirty as hell. It is vulgar. I love... Fuck is my favorite word. I think you can use it for so many different things. Fuck yeah. 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 Fuck you. Fuck no. Fuck yeah. Fuck. You can say it during sex. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you hard. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Fuck fuck. I agree. I agree completely. (laughs) It's a good curse word. But motherfucker, motherfucker takes it to a whole other level. It, we need it, to stop. Like, it it kind of takes it to a real personal level <laughs> where it's it's a little it's too, too intimate. <laughs> it's a little. It's not fun. It's not cute. It just starts to get visual pictures. It's offensive. It is offensive. It's a little. It's a little you offensive. It's rough, but it's it's not funny. It's not. It's just too much. It doesn't make sense. You wouldn't be like, it's listen here, father fucker. Or, yeah, nobody says that. How come okay, nobody says well, that? Okay, well, let's put an end to this. No more parent fucking on either end. I don't know. End. It's all... I mean, you could do it. It's but all a little... It's a little too rough. Throwing it in my face. <laughs> we're not into it. We're not doing it. Don't be reminded no. about their parents no, no, fucking no. or you fucking their parents. <laughs>
We're gonna start a petition. We're gonna start a petition. I don't. In you know, I'm gonna let that one just sit after there. We roll out our new pop single, and grow roll its the, own the squad. <laughs> Managing expectations here, just setting realistic expectations for a rollout. Man, but you know we are rolling this out this is, week. This is a long game plan. We're starting the this is Facebook group, <laughs> the Minority Corner Kids Playground. What? Yes. It's a private group, but one of our podcasts. Oh, yeah. Join in, have conversation, spark some of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast. It's a private group. One of our uh, corner kids, Cassandra Parada Ryanoso, requested a private group for y'all to be able to connect with each other, put up additional articles, yes. and keep the conversation going. Get involved in the conversation. Speaking of, we also have gotten zero participation to our new segment, <laughs> Ask Minority Corner Anything. Y'all need to ask us some questions. You can literally ask us anything. Just ask us something. <laughs> so you're, rec- you're going to record just an audio file, mp3 form or WAV file, and email it to minoritycorner at gmail.com. The corner is spelled with a K. It needs to be less than one minute, and we're going to incorporate it into the show, and we'll respond. What would be longer than a minute? Is it just like somebody <laughs> rambling at us? Hey, James and Ineke, I'm having a good day. Are you having a good day? Today is really pretty. The weather's really... Don't do that. Just ask us a question. All you got to do is hit voice memo, and then they have a thing where you just email it. Oh, well, look, it's that easy. Technology made it hella easy for you, so I hope to get flooded Don't say nasty things to us, please. Why are you please so don't say nasty things. they're going to say something nasty? Hey, does my dick look weird? I don't... <laughs> One, we can't see it through a voice memo. <laughs> Two, well, that's the nobody first wants to see that. We're not doctors. We are not doctors. <laughs> I would be interested, though, if they did No, like a, I'm um... not. Well, then you need to be in charge of the email, then. <laughs> I just was saying, like, maybe they had something like, really interesting about their penis going on. I'm, I'm all about mysteries. We are reversing our roles. You are now email guy. <laughs> also, we're on Twitter. What's our Twitter account? Minority Corner with a K. Awesome. We've been getting a lot of tweets. I've been trying to retweet them all. You guys are saying some wonderful, lovely, lovely, lovely things. I love you all for doing that. Keep tweeting us. Tweet, Keep. Tweet. Um, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Can you definitely do that? We really appreciate those. Yes. Rate us on iTunes. Write us a review. Some comments, especially if you love us. Yes. Yeah, if you don't, you don't have to rate us. If you don't like us, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you just keep moving along. Well, you'll find same something for that you like. <laughs> We're not for you. That's, that's okay. okay. That's fine. You didn't like our 20-minute conversation about Patty LaBelle. I get it. It's not for you. I get it. It's all right. But if you do like then us, we love us you. So please check out all those Patty LaBelle videos as well. Oh, my God. Do it. Give yourself do that it. gift. It will make you happy. What my yes. at? Honey, honey, bring that card back. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Ooh, I don't know how to end the show. What are my lines? Have a good week. See y'all week. next week. Bye. Very Merry Christmas. Where's my card at? <laughs> Where my background singers? Ooh.
I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host the weekly comedy podcast, One Bad Mother. We celebrate our moments of parenting genius. As well as our failures. Just like, we're going to have hot dogs. And I'm like, no, we're having fun. Everybody loves hot dogs. Yeah. And it just like smashes that thing right on my chest. And then I'm just crying in the middle of like kid space while people are like literally dancing with their children. Parenting can be sad and painfully funny at the same time. So join us each week as we admit that this is hard, but we're getting really good at it. Find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.